Volume. Welcome to Waterless. Uh, this is Winston Mwale. Uh, produced by Volume, Waterless is the podcast from the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CSIJ, an organization that contributes to the global water conversation by giving voice to and advocating for everyone across the world who is water disadvantaged. Today we are talking to Joshua uh, Visers. Uh, this well, this surname uh, probably Joshua will tell me. It's, is it visas? Well, uh, Joshua is uh, an associate editor for the Mining Gazette. Um, this is an online publication in the United States. Uh, welcome to the program, Joshua. Uh, thank you, uh, Winston. It, it is uh, Visers, <laughs> um, but oh, uh, yes, the, right. the, the pronunciation is. is very uh, the mispronunciation is very common, uh, so don't don't worry about that. So who is Joshua? Maybe we start from there. Oh, um, well, I, uh, I'm a, a reporter and assistant editor here at the uh, Daily Mining Gazette in Hope, Michigan. Uh, I've uh, been here at the paper for about uh, going on two and a half years. Um, I uh, uh, graduated from Grand Valley State University with a degree in multimedia journalism in uh, the spring of 2018. Oh, wow, great. And um, the reason why you are here, Joshua, uh, is just mm -hmm. because recently uh, you did a wonderful story uh, concerning some water challenges that some communities uh, are facing. Um, maybe tell us briefly, what's the story about? Uh, maybe our listener would want to know specifically. Uh, it's, it's, it's a story that touches on some kind of misunderstanding between two groups of people. Yeah, maybe you can tell us briefly, what's the story about? Yeah, it's, it's pretty complex, so I'll, I'll try to make it as brief as possible. But there was some damage because of a storm a couple years ago, and in the course of repairs to the road, uh, the, the road commission, the, the government agency, um, and the contractor working for them disturbed these old water lines and they're not city lines um they're it's uh from the mining boom um almost 100 years ago and so there was a, a cistern that collected water and fed it uh through a gravity fed pipe to about eight homes and the contractor was trying to keep this intact but eventually got fed up with the effort and just took it all out um so Unfortunately, the, the jurisdiction is, is really foggy. Normally, if a, a road contractor had problems with the pipes, they would contact the, the municipal authority that's in charge of it, and they would be responsible for repairing the pipes. But because this is a, a private system and no one was sure who owned it, it was just torn out and, and left these uh, homes um, entirely without water. Um, uh, since then, they've uh, appealed to uh, both the, the Road Commission and the uh, Houghton County Board of Commissioners, which is the government um, body over the Road Commission, and both of those bodies have either uh, declined to hear them at all in violation of the Open Meetings Act here, 
or they have listened and then refused to respond at all. Hmm. Uh, so the, the people have been pretty frustrated and that's what finally led them. They, they reached out to me and, and uh, were hoping that I could give them a voice. Yeah, so basically that also leads to my question because I was about to ask you to say, at what point did you pick up the story? So how did it, it all, uh, all start? It was uh, September 15 was the day that their water was cut off. So uh, just a little more than two weeks ago now. Um, and uh, one of the residents, I had worked with him before on, on just a little kind of uh, uh, feature story, local feature story. And so he knew my name and he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, our water got cut off. Um, nobody's listening to us. Some were all really upset. And, and invited me to come out and, and do the story. And I said, you're out of water? Um, that's, that's not something people imagine will, will happen to them. Um, you know, there are, there are laws here that people expect will be fulfilled that, um, that at the very least they'll get notice uh, before their water is shut off. And uh, these people were very upset that that didn't happen. Hmm. Um, now, apart from talking to these human sources, um, like people in this particular county and also officials, um, uh, for example, from this county road commission and others. Uh, are there any reference documents that you used maybe to make, your to make sure that your story is rich with content? Yes. Uh, the, the residents, um, at least two of them, have been very active in advocating for themselves, and they filed several FOIA requests uh, before they ever contacted me. Um, so the the one in particular they shared with me was from the local health department who inspected the well um, before it was shut down. Uh, so they shared that with me, and I in turn called the health department and confirmed that they had fulfilled the FOIA request. Um, and then also I've been looking at the uh, the meeting minutes from the road commission and and the board of commissioners uh, to to review what they've. Uh, not done um, in listening to these citizens' concerns. Uh, so w why do you think it was important for you uh, to have a look at those documents? Well, the health department FOIA request showed that, so this gets into the complexities of kind of the jurisdictional uh, of these water pipes, um, but the, the health department uh, document showed how they were called by the road commission to inspect this water system, um, which is the only reason they came to inspect it. They normally don't inspect water systems of this type. And that is why they condemned it. So the road commission actually called the health department out to look at a system that they, that they normally wouldn't inspect. They, the health department said, you know, this is not an acceptable water supply and condemned it. Um, and then the construction crew working on the road took that, possibly improperly, there's some fogginess in the law, but they took that as uh, a permission, basically, that they could rip out the entire water system. Um, however, again, it, it, there's there are laws that would potentially prevent that, although that might have to be settled in court. Uh, so that document showed, showed me um, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I had missed that had only happened a, a day or two before, um, and it was, it was documented through the government, um, but it all backed up what the residents were telling me, too.
Oh, so interesting. Um, now, uh, would you say you encountered some challenges uh, as you were doing the story? Were there occasions, for example, where maybe certain officials wouldn't want to provide you with the information? Any challenges that you, you encountered? Uh, officials have actually been uh, surprisingly forthcoming about a lot of this. Uh, the challenge has actually been more from uh, some of the private sources. Uh, several of the residents um, are reluctant to talk to me because it's a very small community. And so, you know, some of these government officials and uh, even the construction guys that work for the construction crews, you know, they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, friends of the family or, you know, brothers, husbands and that kind of thing. So people don't want to be uh, seen criticizing or being negative. And so um, there, I've probably talked to twice as many sources as have been willing to go on the record for this story, um, just simply because they're worried about uh, blowback from other community members in this small community. Now, in this story, I also noted that um, you, you kind of uh, focused on some individual who had some water problems, apart from, I mean, just telling the story as it is, but you kind of focused on on some family. Uh, why was that important? Well, I tried to focus on, uh, Chris was very helpful. Uh, he, he appeared in, in, I think, both of my stories. Uh, they are the ones that originally reached out to me, um, and they've been very forthcoming with, with lots of information and, and the FOIA request as well. Um, Sheila was another person um, that I included, and she's uh, a very human face for the story. She's lived on that road for 30 years. Um, the, the health department declared the, the water source to be unsafe, but her and her family have been drinking that water for 30 years with, with no problems. Um, so, you know, she's, she's kind of the, the, the face, the, the core of the story. Uh, you know, there are a lot of these technicalities involved that I, I've been trying to um, explain and, and simplify for our readers. Uh, but I don't want to lose that kind of emotional core of of these uh, individuals that are the ones being impacted. Oh, no. Uh, normally, when such kind of a story uh, is published, uh, there's bound to be some kind of reaction, uh, either from the officials or from some, some individuals uh, who are affected. Now, when this story was published, uh, what has been the reaction like? What happened? <laughs> Unfortunately, not that much. Um, after the first story published, there was a local church that, that donated some cases of bottled water to the residents, um, which was, was helpful, and, and the residents did appreciate it, but you know, it's, you know, it's still hard to flush the toilet having to dump three or four bottles of water into it before you can, before you can pull the lever. Um, other than that, the, the government has been very obstinate they they seem to have mostly just ignored my articles. Um, they 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 were aware of the situation before I started writing, and they didn't do anything before, and they're not doing anything now. Um, so there there's been a little community response with with bottled water, and, and the residents have told me a few other people have reached out and um, at least expressed their their sympathy, uh, but there actually hasn't been much action yet. Mm. Um... And then he, 
one might wonder to say, um, uh, I'm going to take you like back to uh, when you started the story up to the time it got published. How long did the investigation, the piercing together of the jigsaw puzzle, so to say, how long did it take you to put this story together? Well, because of the immediacy of their situation, I really wanted to get the first story out fast. So I only took a couple of days to uh, call the officials and double check the story and get that first kind of summary article out because I didn't want these uh, folks to uh, languish in their homes with no water while while I was, um, you know, trying to get the, the full story, which is incredibly complex. So... I've been following up. I've actually penned uh, two more stories this week on the topic, trying to uh, explain the the layered uh, jurisdiction and easement issues that that surround um, this water supply. Oh, uh, now, now talking of follow-ups, um, why do you think it's important for 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 any journalists to? do some follow-ups as far as such kind of stories are concerned? Well, the short answer is just that the story isn't finished yet. Um, these, these people are still without water. Uh, some of them are in the process of digging private wells. Some of them still aren't sure how they're going to pay for private wells. Um, the, and even the ones that are uh, willing and able and ready to do it, the well diggers are busy and have said it's going to be several weeks before they can even start. Um, so, you know, I, you know, it's at very least incumbent upon me to continue following these people's stories un until they're uh, until they're made at least somewhat whole again by having water in their homes. Um, but beyond that, uh, I think it's just very important for the rest of the community, too. Um, this has been, I've been told by the health department that this situation isn't altogether uncommon in the area. Old, uninspected water supplies that at some point come into contact with new construction and end up being destroyed. So I'm actually looking at expanding this investigation into trying to find uh, more situations like this and, and more uh, problem water supplies in, in the area that are holdovers from a, a booming economy that, that dried up decades ago. Wonderful. Um, would, would you say there is any, any lesson that you've learned? I know you've done in quite a number of stories, but we are talking about this particular story. Is there any particular lesson that you have learned? And if so, uh, maybe you'd also share with our listener uh, the tips, especially those who are involved in journalism, the tips that they can use to enrich their stories, to come up with a very good story. First, let's start with the lesson. Any lesson? Well, the, one of the lessons for me, and it's, it's something that I kind of knew before, but this reiterated it, was that, that balance between the, the complex and the, the emotional core of the story. You know, the, the laws and, and the easements and the rules and all of that, they're, they're important to the story and they're what has kind of allowed this problem to be created and they need to be explained. But at the same time, um, I, I'm, reminded frequently that I need to make sure that I maintain um, the emotional core of, of these people who have a, a real need for water 
um, that was suddenly taken away, that, that water supply was suddenly taken away from them. Um, and I don't want that, that important detail to get lost in all the other details. Be because, of, because of the extreme complexity of this, I, I think I almost got lost in all of that, and uh, I kind of pulled myself back um, before writing that second story and uh, reminded myself of what was really important. Yeah, talking about the complexity of the story, uh, you know, I, I went through your story. I think I had to read it several times to really understand what is what was happening. It's really, really complex. And the, uh, I can appreciate the, the, the kind of challenges uh, you faced because in such kind of complex stories, uh, as, a, as journalists, we are bound to, I mean, to, to lose the meaning or to, to lose the actual the actual story, what is really happening, or to, to, to say something which is not correct, actually. Yes, um, and, and that was something, I, I did get a couple calls after that first story where people were pointing out details that I hadn't included, and so, and, and I, so I did spend a little time explaining, um, you know, this, this is an incredibly complex story, I will be following up, please stay tuned. Uh, don't you know that there 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 is more of the story and, and it is it is coming um, unfortunately I just can't tell it all at once mm. uh, wonderful and maybe this now brings us to the last part uh, what sort of advice would you give to other investigative reporters or journalists who might be following such kind of a story or another story well I, I mentioned how there were a lot of sources that didn't want to talk on the record and many of them picked up the phone initially with a very negative attitude towards me. And uh, I was careful not to mirror that attitude. I, I stayed positive, I stayed open, and while most of them haven't agreed to go on the record yet, uh, most of them at least opened up and, and talked to me off the record after, after I at least, you know, made made myself known as as a as a positive person and, and who's willing to listen to them um so I, I am hopeful that as this investigation continues that maybe some of those sources will will eventually open up to me um on the record oh great so how do you tie tight up to tips to other investigative investigative journalists stay positive in the face of negativity um, it, it's not only good for your own mental health, but it, uh, it could win other people over, over to your, I don't want to say over to your side, but over to your trust. Um, you, you can win, win people's trust through positivity. Oh, thanks so much. Um, is there anything that maybe you'd want to, t to tell our listener uh, before we call it a day, so to say? Uh, you, you know, it, journalism is important across the whole world. Uh, you know, stick with it if you're doing it. And if you're not, um, maybe consider uh, deviling your toes in, in the water a little. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much, uh, Joshua. It was uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, the pleasure was mine. Well, listener, we've come to the end of Waterless, a podcast 
produced by Volume in collaboration with the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CSIJ, a nonprofit collective of media creatives from across the globe, all united in the pursuit of water and uh, cross-discipline investigations. Uh, this has been Winston Male, your host. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us and uh, until next time, stay blessed. Volume.